It might not be your favorite holiday, but this will probably be your favorite episode ever. Really? This was, I think, one of the cooler episodes ever. I think it's kind of like your favorite holiday. This is probably in everybody's top three, and same with the episodes. Like, Thanksgiving's definitely in the top three. It, it almost always goes, like, Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, don't you think? Thanksgiving is a strong holiday, absolutely. But I think very few people will say that it's their favorite. Yeah. But not only is this a great podcast, informationally, but it's also very funny. Mm-hmm. Because you spoke very little on it. I'm going to see myself out. <laughs> we go into the history of Thanksgiving. We go into the trends, like how people spend their time, what they eat, things like that. Um, different statistics in those areas. And Thanksgiving know. data, Thanksgiving history, Thanksgiving past, present, and future. Yep. Turkey facts. Turkey facts, historical facts historical inaccuracies. It's a great time. Enjoy. I'm Emma. I'm Ian. And this is our podcast, Nobody's Talking About Everything, Solving Nothing. If we get lucky, we might solve something. Okay, I'm starting off with the fact that I think we all know. The day after Thanksgiving is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. I guess I was left out of it. I was nowhere. Well, people are pouring a lot of hot turkey grease down the drain, I guess, or they're just taking giant shits. It's probably the twofer. <laughs> yeah, that'll clog your drains right up. Hot grease cools, you got solid grease pipes. Yeah, similar to the arteries. <laughs> <laughs> In a normal year that's not this year, over 55 million Americans travel 50 miles or more for Thanksgiving. That's a lot of people. I hate driving. Holiday driving is the worst type of driving. Yeah, we'll be driving really far because we're going down to Chicago for that concert. Thanksgiving concert. Make your first podcast appearance. Hello, podcast. This is Sonia White, the cat. And the most popular place to travel for Thanksgiving is Orlando, Florida. That's where we're going. <laughs> that is funny. Nothing says thankful for your life and eating a good meal with your family like going to Disney World. <laughs> More than one million people participate in a Thanksgiving run walk. So that's a piece of good news. That's pretty good. That's one of the only pieces of good news when it comes to Thanksgiving. Maybe we should do one. Like on actual Thanksgiving? Yeah, just on our own. I don't want to pay to run and then get a t-shirt and a mini pie that I don't need. They give out mini pies? A lot of times. I think Festival used to do like sponsor the turkey trot. I think it was, uh, there was a big one that they gave out little mini personal pies. Yikes. That's a big time yikes. 33% of Gen Xers as well as Gen Zers, I don't know if that's the term, but plan to shop on Black Friday, which is higher than millennials and the old people at 24%. So Ooh. it's kind of a mismatched demographic. Kind of a weird. Millennials are. A little more woke. <laughs> <laughs> or poor. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought boomers would have been the highest. There's still a lot of boomers that you use. I think that they think that that's like for the birds. Like it's a different reason than the millennials for not going. But Yeah. More people for Black Friday shop online than in stores. Which is really good because then no one gets trampled. 
I think that we can do it in stores and not get the trampling, probably. But if you want to get the door busters, you have to actually be busting down the door. <laughs> yeah, but if you do door busters online, then either you have robots getting everybody to the door busting, or you have shit like this year where you sign up for Walmart Plus and you get your Black Friday shopping four hours earlier. <laughs> but then you'll just have robots trampling people. That's what I'm saying. We need to get back to in-stores <laughs> where it's the humans trampling the humans. <laughs> just kidding. That's terrifying. Trampling is probably one of the worst ways to die. I'm just scared of it after the... Lion Tra- King? No, after the, tra- <laughs> <laughs> after the Travis Scott Astro World incident that just happened. Incident is the word you choose? Uh, tragedy. Fucking terrible. Absolutely terrible. Okay, this is the worst fact that I found. Oh, boy. of Americans stated in a survey that they'd rather spend time on their smartphones than have a meaningful conversation with their family on Thanksgiving. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you would think that, who would admit to that? (laughs) Wow, that's savage. That leads me to think that the actual number is much higher. Because obviously people do look at their phones all the time. What would you guess it is? Well, how about you just take a statistic of what percent of people that spend time with family on Thanksgiving look at their phone for more than five minutes throughout the day? A lot. 80%. Yeah. Or more. Which is, we are anti-phone in this podcast. (laughs) Anti-screen time on holidays or family time in general. Mm -hmm. Unless you're doing a podcast with your family. In that case, just be on your phone the whole time. No, the laptop. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) This one also doesn't make sense to me. 81% of people prefer the leftovers of the Thanksgiving meal to the meal itself. That's just pure stupidity. Is it? No, you agree? I like Thanksgiving leftovers. And the nice thing about it is that you have it for so long and there's so much variety and there's so many different things. There's the exact same amount of variety as the actual day of. No, but it's just this different. So you think that the food tastes better after having been refrigerated and reheated? Especially if it's made into Thanksgiving casserole like my mom used to. Yes, that was the bomb. Which, that also was better leftovers. So that was leftover leftovers. (laughs) (laughs) Big time yikers. Hey, you're in the minority here. Big time. (laughs) Apparently. The song Jingle Bells. You know that? Jingle Bells. Sing a little more? Batman's Oh, yeah, yeah. Was originally called One Horse Open Sleigh and was written as a Thanksgiving song in 1857. Fuck yes. That's awesome. I was going to say we should... Why is there not more Thanksgiving songs? I feel like you could write one. There's time. It's the 11th. Yeah. Stay tuned for my turkey song in the next two weeks. You're going to make it about turkey? (laughs) Turkey Day. Turkey Day song. It's not Turkey Day. (laughs) (laughs) Vegan Roast Day. During the Great Depression, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt moved Thanksgiving up one week in order to allow more time for shopping before Christmas because it naturally would have fallen on November 30th and he thought, you know, 25 days of shopping. No, you got to have a whole extra week to shop. So he's going to move the sacred holiday of Thanksgiving up to an arbitrary date. FDR cared about the economy. (laughs) (laughs) The man's a genius. (laughs) What's the rule for Thanksgiving? Is it just the last Thursday? Yeah. 
So it's not very high chance that it's going to fall on November 30th, but when it does, people uproar. FDR specifically. I think we should campaign to move Christmas to January. Keep Thanksgiving where it is. Just to spread the holidays out better so there's less of a depressing stretch from January 2nd all the to way until yeah. Yeah. Til shitty Easter. Yeah. And Easter is such a blah holiday anyways. St. Patty's Day, at least we get Irish soda bread. By get, I mean Emma makes it. <laughs> yeah, because obviously Christmas is on an arbitrary day as well. So That's we correct. can move it. Mm-hmm. If only a real leader like FDR were here, he could help us out. (laughs) The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was started in 1924. For the first three years, they paraded zoo animals down the street, including tigers and elephants. I'm happy that that was only three years. Yeah, that's bad. And then they had to switch to the giant balloons, which you're like, oh, good. That's, you know, better for the earth and everything. Well, they started releasing the balloons into the sky after the festivities with a monetary reward offered for their return. Yikers. Because they had no plan on how to deflate them. <laughs> so their plan was just like, oh, don't even deflate them. Just let them go. We don't need to deflate them. They'll deflate themselves. In 1928, one year after they started doing this, <laughs> a balloon called Sky Tiger... <laughs> descended into a Long Island neighborhood where, quote, a tug of war ensued for its possession because they were wanting the reward money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Another balloon was found broken in half and floating in the East River and was pursued by two tugboats. In 1931, the balloons included a 287-foot-long dragon that was held by 29 men. Macy's released it and about 16,000 other balloons. Oh my God. Most of which obviously were smaller. But some of those balloons carried postcards that could be brought to Macy's for a prize. (laughs) Damn, they really know how to advertise. (laughs) They're advertising with their litter. Just garbage. A blue hippopotamus escaped the New York area. You know, this is a balloon, luckily. Because hippos are really dangerous, but... Okay, so a hippo balloon... At the acid convention today, it was reported a blue hippopotamus <laughs> escaped the New York area. However, the balloon was believed to be, quote, soaring somewhere over the ocean. <laughs> Descriptions of the cruising beast have been broadcast, the Times reported, and, quote, the reward for its return has been multiplied by four. <laughs> cruising beast. <laughs> Just caught a nice draft and said, I'm going to the ocean. Felix the Cat, Macy's first balloon character, met its demise after floating into a high-tension wire and catching fire. (laughs) (laughs) How many of these disasters happened before they thought, like, yeah, we should maybe stop that? (laughs) Okay, now I wanted to get into some history of Thanksgiving, like, way back. So, prior to the discovery of America... Europeans had been receiving shipments of guinea fowl from North Africa by way of Turkish merchants. So they often called them turkey cocks and hens. <laughs> no further comment? I was, I re- I'm surprised I held back that laugh while you were talking. <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. Guinea fowl look very similar to American turkeys. So when they first encountered them in the New World, they used the same name. Whoa. So turkeys really are named after the country turkey. I love that. Yeah. 
so much that they just call them turkey cocks. <laughs> yeah, did you know that a female peacock is supposed to be called a peahen? Because cock means man. Well, and that's way better sounding. Yeah. The first Thanksgiving was celebrated in October 1621. So there you go. That shows you that it truly is an arbitrary day because it wasn't even in freaking November. That's just big Thanksgiving manipulating date. But I'm happy that it's not in October because I don't want it to overshadow Halloween. Halloween is the star. Halloween gets a lot of recognition because there's no holidays for a long time before it. So it starts up in like August. A lot of buildup. As soon as the first leaf turns brown, people are just ready for Halloween. No, people don't even follow the leaves anymore. They just follow Starbucks. As soon as there's PSLs (laughs) out, I'm ready. Decaf oat, of course. The first Thanksgiving was organized by Governor William Bradford of Plymouth, Massachusetts to celebrate the colonists' first successful corn harvest in the New World. Bill Bradford. While the meal lacked most of what we think are traditional foods, for example, there was no turkey, or there's no record of there being turkey. Guinea fowl either. But what they did have was at least five deer carcasses. And the celebration lasted three full days. No, I like that. Yeah. Thanksgiving shouldn't be just a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Just to get that extra day off work. To make it official that it's three days off work. Well, as we said in a previous podcast about paid time off, every single other country has holiday time off is like the baseline. And so it's just crazy to me that people are forced to work on Thanksgiving and other holidays and around the world. No one else is working Mm -hmm. on like Christmas and stuff. It's very sad. And now they have to come in like earlier and earlier because of Black Friday. So then they don't even get to celebrate Thanksgiving. Up and says happy holidays, like your job forcing you to work 48 hours out of the next 72 on the holidays. Classic America. At least you're not a deer carcass on the table. (laughs) When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth in 1620, the chief of the Wampanoags offered the new arrivals a treaty. Primarily, the peace treaty was a way to protect the Wampanoags against their rivals, the Narragansetts. For 50 years, the alliance was tested by colonial land expansion, the spread of disease, and the exploitation of resources on Wampanoag land. Then, tensions ignited into war. This was known as the King Philip's War. The conflict devastated the Wampanoags and forever shifted the balance of power in favor of European arrivals. Wampanoags today remember the pilgrims' entry to their homeland as a day of deep mourning rather than a moment of giving thanks. That's very sad. It makes sense. I would understand why that's a very sad memory. Yeah. The day that the downfall began. Thanksgiving, though. This is a quote from a history professor at George Washington University named David Silverman. He kind of talks about the modern myth of the Thanksgiving story. And he actually has a whole book about this. And I read an article where he talks about his view of it. And so anyways, this is the quote from him. The myth is that friendly Indians, unidentified by tribe, welcome the pilgrims to America. Teach them how to live in this new place, sit down to dinner with them, and then disappear. They hand off America to white people so they can create a great nation dedicated to liberty, opportunity, and Christianity for the rest of the world to profit. That's the story. It's about Native people conceding to colonialism. It's bloodless and in many ways an extension of the ideology of Manifest Destiny. 
It's American propaganda. Damn, David Roll said. Yeah. And I had another quote from him, too, in the same article. The Wampanoags didn't have private property like most Aboriginal people. They had community property. And they knew, however, where their land started and ended. And so when Europeans came to the Americas and they bought land from the Wampanoags, the Wampanoags initially assumed the English were buying into Wampanoag country, not that they were buying Wampanoag country out from under their feet. Mm-hmm. Imagine a fleet of Wampanoag canoes crosses the Atlantic and goes to England, and then the Wampanoags buy land from the English there. Has that land now passed out of the jurisdiction of England and become the Wampanoags? No, that's ridiculous. But that's precisely what the English were assuming on this side of the Atlantic. Damn. So true, well said. And further from that, they didn't even always buy the land. They stole it. Thanksgiving is often seen as the start of civilization in America, obviously. We always say that Christopher Columbus, like, discovered America. Like we said in the previous podcast, like, obviously, that's just such a myopic way of viewing history. Down with Chris. When you say that it's the start of civilization, you're directly implying that aboriginals were uncivilized. Yes. Mm -hmm. They had very complex civilizations for thousands of years. And also the story of Thanksgiving is told as a peaceful time in history when obviously millions of Aboriginal people were dying in those years because of settlers. This is such a great example of how the story of history changes and how this holiday called Thanksgiving is just absolutely alive from top to bottom. Yeah. And as we'll see in the rest of this, all the different traditions just get sprinkled in throughout time. Like, we kind of think that somebody just, like, set up the holiday at the beginning and then we kept it in its original form. But there's so much commercialism. There's so much religious stuff that gets put in that we don't even know is religious, like we learned for Halloween and birthdays and stuff like that. Like, when you have a tradition, you should really question it and wonder, why am I doing this? That just helps you determine what the good traditions are. Like, I think I'm pretty excited to watch Charlie Brown Happy Thanksgiving. About it point out the racist parts and then be like, thank goodness, that's not what we're about today. (laughs) For over a hundred years after that original Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was celebrated with fasting and prayer of thanks to God. Kind of what you'd think the holiday should be. Completely the opposite of what what we're doing today. (laughs) Yeah. Fasting, it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Fasting, not feasting. In the 1800s, white Protestant America was very worked up about the rise in Catholic and Jewish immigrants coming to America, so there was a push to assert cultural authority and hegemony, which I really like hegemony, but... Except when wasps are trying to use it to their advantage. Yeah. White Protestants are definitely still the hegemonic group, unfortunately. Mostly males. Well, wasps. White male Anglo-Saxon Protestant. <laughs> White male Anglo-Saxon Protestants. I didn't need you to repeat that at all. Mm. <sighs> I was trying to make sure we had kept the clear recording. We don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> From 1621 till the 1860s, Thanksgiving was only celebrated in the Northeast. In 1863, President Lincoln made it a national holiday. 
after those damn hegemonies <laughs> came about. Thank goodness for such a great president. Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln following in the footsteps of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin pie has been a popular Thanksgiving dessert in New England since the early 1700s, meaning that it wasn't even a thing when the pilgrims were there. But anyways, but it wasn't until the early 1900s that pumpkin pie became popular in the rest of the country. I'm guessing that it just exploded. People just loved it? Or immediately. So that means like most of our great grandparents probably didn't even eat it for Thanksgiving. They probably had it when they were like mid 20s and they were like, wow, this is the bee's knees. And then everything's Thanksgiving for the rest of their lives. 35% of Americans say their favorite pie on Thanksgiving is pumpkin pie which seems so low to me. Pecan pie is 16%, so I'm happy that's at least like half of pumpkin. I love pecan pie. Yeah. Apple pie, 11%. That seems low. I haven't known people that eat apple pie on Thanksgiving. I feel like at almost every Thanksgiving growing up, there was an apple pie there. Oh, really? When I was a kid, my mom always made the pies for our family gatherings, and she always made one pumpkin and one pecan. That's all we ever had. I hope this year she makes two pecan. <laughs> <laughs> so apple being 11, that makes sense to me. It's a very American pie. 10% of people say their favorite pie on Thanksgiving is sweet potato pie. That's like a Southern thing, I guess. They must have done this interview in Louisiana or something. <laughs> and then 6% say chocolate, which I think is also a Southern thing. Crazy. And then 4% for cherry. That is criminally low. I love cherry. And also 2%, I think, was banana cream pie. And then there was 10% that was other. So what is the other? Like blueberry. Poisonberry, blackberry, razzleberry. I shouldn't have left that open-ended for you. (laughs) Lemon curd. I would go pumpkin, chocolate, cherry, apple, sweet potato, pecan. Wow, pecan last. I would go pecan, cherry, and that's a recent switch. I used to be a hard cherry for a long time, but now I'm definitely pecan is number one, cherry number two. Is that because you had my mom's pecan pie? I just love that pie, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, all the rest of them, I don't care. I, they're all tied to last after those two. <laughs> <laughs> and I still like all of them though. say that the pies for Thanksgiving that they have at their gathering are typically made from scratch, which I think is probably a lie. There's a couple bullshitters in the group. (laughs) (laughs) And 32% say that their pies are usually homemade, but there are some store-bought shortcuts. Seems like a low amount of people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that that one is probably very high. Mm -hmm. Although the number that I have is that 26% 26% go completely store-bought, like a pre-made pie. That seems accurate. I would guess it's like 10% scratch, 25% store-bought, 30, and then like 60%. Yeah. I think that if you just like were on the street or just like a casual conversation and you just ask somebody, do you home make your pies for Thanksgiving? I think a lot of people would say yes to that question, even though they have no business saying yes to it. True, but this question does ask, if it is from scratch or have stolen, like, there is a clear distinction yeah. in this question. Yeah. And I think that people have too lenient of what, you know, they think scratch is. Like if you're buying sweet and condensed milk, I mean like that's a shortcut. Like you did not milk that milk from a cow and like cook it down. 
Well, they actually use evaporated milk for pumpkin pie. Would they evaporate it themselves? Usually, yeah. Usually in, in Michigan, people use their sauna to evaporate it. Mm, the at-home evaporator. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is so weird. I read this article that shows what the favorite side dish for each state is. And in Georgia, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia, the number one side dish is mac and cheese. <laughs> Wild. I feel like in some states, like all those, that's a, just a, every single holiday just has mac and cheese added. Yeah. It's weird. Nobody here would ever make mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Ever. No, you wouldn't even have like a, you wouldn't even have a pasta salad. It's just. No. Mm-mm. Noodles are not a Thanksgiving thing. In Wisconsin and Michigan, people don't eat mac and cheese, like unless it's from a box. I haven't really known people that make homemade mac and cheese that's like actually good. The worst one of these, Indiana deviled eggs. That's bad. We're never going to have a holiday in Indiana. Yeah. I mean, we're planning to, but. Those eggs are the devil. (laughs) Why do they want devilish eggs? Just kind of like a, makes people feel bad, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They like a little bit of guilt sprinkled in in their holidays. (laughs) They want to worship the Lord, but they also want to have a little bit of Satan in them. (laughs) Kentucky is broccoli casserole, which is mostly just cheese, but. Down with Kentucky. (laughs) Maine's favorite side dish is a side salad. That's just stupid. I liked Maine until today. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they just said that because they wanted to make other people feel bad. Yeah, it's a pretty pretentious Thanksgiving side dish to say is your favorite. And then for Wisconsin... It's just plain old mashed potatoes. Stuffing, mashed potatoes were like the two most common. Yeah, Thanksgiving in Wisconsin is sometimes just a lot of different like tannish, brownish, saucy pastes. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people just mix it all together on the plate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And then Michigan is green bean casserole, which is also another huge one. You're goddamn right it is. It's so good. Love green bean casserole. We're a green bean casserole household. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we had green bean casserole last year, and it was so good. It was like the best ever. Didn't we have it again for Christmas? It was so good. Yeah. We have a new tradition, new Christmas tradition. And it's so easy to make homemade. And if you're making it homemade, then it's just as easy to make vegan. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -mm -mm. I'm now twice as excited for Thanksgiving. (laughs) I'm also proud that we moved from... Wisconsin to Michigan because I feel way more in line with the favorite side dish. That's one of the reasons why we moved. We made the right choice. Okay, so I wanted to look up what the leading meats are for Thanksgiving because I didn't know if maybe it's different in different parts of the U.S. And this graph that I'm looking at, so obviously the number one is turkey and it says in parentheses roasted. Then the second one is gravy. <laughs> I'm surprised that that's lower than turkey, actually. You'd think everyone has gravy? Like, you're not gonna put gravy on ham. But you would put it on mashed potatoes. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, obviously, we don't have gravy. <laughs> and then the third one is turkey smoked. Different. I, I don't know. I guess I haven't had smoked turkey. The third one is turkey smoked. Yeah. So you're saying many households have both. Yes. And the fourth one 
is turkey deep fried. <laughs> turkey three ways. You know how people had those things like out in their backyard where it's a big, huge pot and you just dunk the entire turkey in there? Oh my God. And you always videotape it in case your uncle lights the house on fire for AFV. <laughs> on just the shittiest camcorder? Just a terrible. <laughs> and like, you know it's Thanksgiving, but the weird date in the corner says like March 4th. And then the next most popular is spiral ham. And then from there it goes roast beef, turducken, fried duck, meatloaf, and tofurkey. Tofurkey, making the list. Let's go. Yeah. 13% say tofurkey. That's so, awesome. Yeah. We love tofurkey brand. Mm-hmm. We haven't had like a real Actual. Thanksgiving loaf, but. we might This year we might try our first tofurkey roast. Yeah. I'm still just disgusted that three of the top four meats are turkey and then the fourth is gravy. Well, turducken though. Three meats, three different types of animals in one roast. This graph seems crazy. 46% of people are having a turducken. (laughs) (laughs) They like to just do it for the story in the picture. Instagram culture, Thanksgiving, make a turducken, take a picture and then chuck it in the garbage. Okay, back at it. 50% 50% of households serve red wine with Thanksgiving dinner. Only 10% go with white wine. You're supposed to be serving white wine with poultry and fish, and you're supposed to be serving red wine with red meat. But apparently people don't know anything about wine. What the hell's going on? And then also, so 50% are serving red, 10% are serving white. That means 40% are serving rosé. No, they're <laughs> serving no wine. <laughs> I don't get people that like rosé. <laughs> I can't decide which to have. Does that both? I just don't know anything about wine. And I, this is just what I bought. <laughs> we did not have red wine on Thanksgiving growing up. We always had champagne at any holiday. And I started having champagne. Like, obviously, it's small glass when I was very young. So, And my grandparents were German, so we always said brost to cheers. That's nice. Yeah. What kind of wine are we serving this year? Oh, yeah. Rosé. Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if people just, either they don't know anything about wine, or they just think that red wine's fancy. <laughs> They're like, Got okay. It. Red wine. <laughs> just because you break out a tablecloth doesn't mean you need red wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's, what, what goes with this? Mm, like Cabernet? Yuck. The average person gains one pound between Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. One pound is the average amount of weight a person gains for the whole year. (laughs) So if you keep it off during the holidays, you probably won't gain any for the whole year. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't think that. I would think people are just constantly gaining. I feel like both of those are just huge fucking lies. Well, you have to remember that a lot of people aren't gaining any weight and a lot of people are gaining a bunch of weight. This is just an average. I feel like the average for the year is more than that. And also for even for just the holidays. Shit, I gain like five pounds every winter. <laughs> <laughs> this year I'm over a new record. You fluctuate within like a 10 pound range and you never go over or above it pretty much. Lately I've been a little more consistent, but this holiday season I'm about to change that. <laughs> the average American consumes 3,000 calories on Thanksgiving Day. Damn, they must be taking either, they must be taking international people into effect or children into effect. (laughs) (laughs) Because you think people eat more than that? I would guess, yeah. 
I'm really bad at feasting. Like I can't eat a lot at one sitting. But I think a lot of people on Thanksgiving, it's like this whole thing where they eat throughout the whole day. You're with your family, you wake up, you have a big breakfast, you start drinking Bloody Marys and screwdrivers at 11. You're watching the parade. You watch the parade, you watch football games, you just keep eating snacks, and then you have a gigantic dinner at like 6 p.m. Yeah, and then pie. Pie. And so you're eating like what, five different types of meats? Five different types of meats. Not <laughs> not even counting gravy. Doubled eggs. <laughs> And then after dessert, you hate yourself so much that you need to drink yourself to near blackout, <laughs> which as we know is many calories. 44 million turkeys are killed for Thanksgiving dinners, as well as 22 million for Christmas and 19 million for Easter. Who the fuck is eating turkey on Easter? That's what I said. I hate turkey. Yeah. Turkey by far is the worst meat. All meats are bad, but turkey is the freaking worst for sure. Yeah. I would go with hot dog. That's... That's not even considered a meat. Yeah, it's just <laughs> terrible. If anybody ever says my favorite meat is turkey, that's a clear sign that they are a robot or a lizard person trying to act like an actual person. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy to think about, like, when you eat, you know, turkey that day. Thinking about 44 million beings die of just turkeys that day for that feast. That's like if everybody in LA, Chicago, New York City, and Houston were all turkeys and then we just killed them all. Yeah. And even that's just for even one enough. meal. But one good part of the statistics is that millennials look forward to the turkey portion of the meal less than any other age group. Damn, millennials have the best Thanksgiving habits out of all the damn generations. Mm -hmm. And then another interesting fact about turkeys and by interesting, I mean horrible, is that every single turkey that's bought at a store had to be artificially inseminated in order to be born. Because we bred turkeys to be so big, they are no longer able to reproduce on their own. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is speciesism. Yeah. So just a little reminder to be conscious of what you're buying and what you're supporting for the holidays and... That, you know, every choice that we make impacts other people and other beings and the earth and your own health. And so. And turkeys. Yeah. It really impacts that population. Turkeys are just as nice as our little cats and dogs. They just want to live and be with their family just like the rest of us. Just want to gobble. They do. They, that's part of their favorite pastimes. Emma gave me a look like turkeys never gobbled ever. <laughs> <laughs> This year, Thanksgiving is going to be even better knowing all of that good shit. Mm -hmm. Because now we know what not to do. We're not going to gain power over the holidays. We're not going to serve red wine because it doesn't make sense. We're not going to have pecan pie. We're not going to really fuck up an entire population and their homeland. Yeah, we're not going to steal anyone's land. We're not going to have mashed potatoes. Just mashed yams. <laughs> No, I don't like mashed sweet potato as much as I like baked. Like where you slice it and then you bake it because it could crispy. And you put the schmallows in there? No, that's with mashed. Oh, this year for Thanksgiving, I'm going to only eat green bean casserole in honor of Michigan. And instead of making it the most popular side dish, I'm going to make it my main dish. Just instead of turkey, green bean will be the centerpiece. Specifically green bean casserole. If you could only eat three things for Thanksgiving, what would you choose? Stuffing, green bean casserole, 
and and pie pecan pie pecan drop that actually is a great meal mm-hmm. i would say that stuffing and green bean casserole are my favorites too mostly because there's not really any other good shit anybody who if you had to pick three things if they said cranberry in that top three get them out of here Growing up, my grandma always made scalloped corn for any holiday. Leave those innocent corns scalps alone. There's no scallops harmed in the making of it. No, like their scalp on their head. Oh, mm-hmm. you think that they scalp the corn? Scalped corn. <laughs> it's basically just cream corn in like a casserole dish, but then the top has breadcrumbs, you know, so it's like a crusty top. Mm. So it's pretty good. I love crusties like that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a casserole almost. Yeah. So we have green bean casserole. We have corn casserole. Wisconsin is just the land of casseroles. And then dessert pecan casserole. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the growing tradition of Friendsgiving? I hate the name. Yeah. Just Thanksgiving with different people. I know. See, this was my beef with the term craisins. You're taking out a piece of the word and replacing it with a different word, and it has no relevance. Well, craisins are really good. (laughs) (laughs) But do you think that people should spend time with their family on Thanksgiving instead of friends? I think people should spend time with whoever the hell they want on every holiday. I think culturally we need to get rid of like the obligatory family time. If you don't enjoy spending time with your family, don't do it. It'll be so much happier. Do what you want to do, especially on the biggest days of the year. Yeah. And I think most people in response to that would say, well, you know, I I want to do it or feel like I should do it because it makes my mom happy. But your mom shouldn't expect or request anything from you that you don't want to give. Who wants to spend time with somebody that doesn't want to spend time with them? Mm-hmm. And everything that you give should be freely given, not reluctantly given. Every day, every year, we try to only do shit that we want to do. Yeah, and it's improved our life a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't like large family gatherings. Or just, I should say, large gatherings. I don't like gatherings. (laughs) (laughs) Small gatherings are good gatherings. Two to four people. Counting us. Yeah. (laughs) And Sunday and Len. (laughs) (laughs) every day at our house just a large gathering (laughs) yeah i also think that we need to switch the culture for thanksgiving on actually making it about giving thanks instead of just like stuffing your goddamn face and watching football all day yeah holidays should not be about gluttony should be kind of the exact opposite last year on thanksgiving we did like a verbal journal prompt Remember at my parents' house? Mm -hmm. Well, my dad didn't participate, but he listened. He thought about it. (laughs) And it was just kind of, obviously it was centered around gratitude, but yeah, different questions about, you know, the past and the future and what things you want to improve on, what things that you're happy about and things like that. So We'll get him this year. We'll do it again. Yeah. I think it's really cool to kind of take moments to reflect. We like to do journal prompts a lot, like verbally, just the two of us or whatever. So no surprises, our dog is perfect. We took her to the beach today for the first time, which is just like a half mile away, but... She loved it. Beach dog. Yeah, and she didn't traipse into the lake. No, thank goodness. (laughs) 
She almost did, but... Just took a little sip. She found a huge stick that was like six feet long <laughs> that she hauled around. And she went on the playground, sat like up the steps, down the slide, through she, the drawbridge. She literally went down the slide like a cartoon and... <laughs> <laughs> almost flipped off the edge. Almost tipped off over the edge. And she went down the slide just like sitting almost. And then as her front feet went off, they went down to the ground and she landed with her front feet. But, but her then, butt went over her head, basically. Her butt had a lot of momentum and was going over her head. Luckily, I had ran down to the bottom of the slide and caught her behind and planted her squarely on the ground. <laughs> and Emma even got video of it. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. We've been liking taking her for hikes and different things. She does so well. Cute ass dog. She's not an ass dog. Cutie dog. <laughs> Can't wait till we can take her camping next year. Camping dog. She's going to sleep in Grammy and Grampy's camper. Camper dog. <laughs> Perfect. We got a bad tent, damn it. Yeah, we went on a long camping trip last summer, and our tent had a few holes in it. Nothing's worse than... It's nice being in a cot, because even if your tent has leaks, you're up off the ground. But nothing sucks more than waking up, getting out of your cot, you put your feet on the ground ready to start your day, bam! Wet feet, and you look, there's a big-ass puddle, and all your shit's in the puddle. (laughs) The first time it happened, it wasn't a big deal, because we still had another night at that campsite. So we were able to hang everything up and, like, get everything dry and clean out the tent, and everything was fine. But the second time it happened, the rain didn't clear up even by the time that we were supposed to leave the campsite. So we were supposed to just pack everything up wet which is just horrible. We had everything out drying and it was going well until the rain started back up. Yeah. So we had to just load everything into the car wet. And so when we got home, we had an insane amount of laundry to do, even though we had done laundry on the trip too. Because everything was just soaked and stunk. Yeah. Great trip though. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. We went to Lower Michigan. Take me back. Which we definitely will be going back because now Ian's sister lives in Kalamazoo as of this week. Congratulations, Aaron and Matt. Yeah, they just got married and now they're starting their new life in Michigan. Our logo looks sick. We should have some merch sometime in the next one to 12 months. We tried making biscottis for the first time and... We did make them. That's what I just said. You said tried. We made biscottis for the first time and we haven't yet tried them to see if they're good or not. Yeah, I'm sure they're good. They look good. Don't you love anything that's crunchy? Mmm, yes I do. You're similar to Len in that way. We're both crunchers. <laughs> what texture do you like more, crunchy or crispy? Because like a pretzel, like a thick pretzel would be crunchy, whereas a chip would be crispy. I'm definitely more of a crisp if I have to differentiate. What else is crunchy? There's weird crunchy things like celery. Oh yeah, you don't like crunchy produce because it's too like, is it the moisture? Depends on the denseness and the moisture. Like, really, he doesn't like to chomp into an apple. I do not like to bite apples. It's different, but I do not like to bite ice. Maybe it's because your teeth are so flat. Probably it's my flat teeth. Because you ground them all off. You get mm-hmm. nerve endings. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't grind them off. I'll think about it. They're already so tiny, you're going to wither them down. I'm going to get veneers. No. Why not? You don't have much room to fit them in there anyways. They can custom make them any size. You're going to have tiny little fake teeth. 
No, big ass ones. Just won't have the same amount. <laughs> I have less teeth in my mouth now. You'll have like 16 big fake teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing a book right now. And in the book, I'm like 15 and I'm introducing characters. And when I have to describe what Ian looks like, I just want to so badly talk about like his flat teeth and his lips and his round squishy tongue and all of his, you know, buggy eyes and perfectly round butt. But are those the qualities you noticed at that time? Yes. Well, not the butt because you didn't wear tight pants. Well, then talk about all those things. The brownness of your eyelids. Go right ahead. <laughs> I got a machete to chop up our compost before we put it in the composter, and it works well. It was pretty cool. Because I opened up an entire pineapple today that was rotten. So then I normally in the past would just throw it right in the compost. A whole goddamn pineapple. Which really gets Ian's goat. We're trying to compost it. Yeah, but why don't you care when there's, like, huge branches, thick branches that are in the compost pile? <laughs> You're, like, trying to calculate a response, but you know that it doesn't make sense. No. Um, <laughs> I wasn't trying to calculate a response. I was making a plan to chop up all those goddamn branches. <laughs> Problem is, not all those goddamn branches are covered in shit because I've been flinging lens turds in there. Mm -hmm. I'm getting pretty good at flinging the turds. I feel like I'm declining a little bit. I feel like I was putting some heat on them for a while and they've been slowing down, but I'll get back at it. Flinging is the easy part. Getting the turd onto the shovel it's so is hard. Because they're so squishy. They're so squishy. So you gotta get a sturdy leaf and use it as a backstop. Ugh. And by that I mean like, you gotta hold the leaf. I don't want to hold the leaf. I don't blame you. Because sometimes if you pick a fragile leaf, it's not good. There's some things that I don't like about Thanksgiving because I don't like parades. I think they're all pointless. It's just advertising. It's just you sitting there watching a bunch of advertising that's dressed up. Mm -hmm. And then I don't like football for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on record saying when we started dating, I was the one who didn't like parades. And there was a time where you wanted me to go to a parade. And I was like, no, parades suck. And you're like, what the hell? Don't you want to go to the parade? And I was like, no. The St. Patty's Day parade? That's correct. Yeah. I do like going to that. I wish that you could just see the Wacky Wheeler out of context. You show me Wacky Wheeler and Finnegan's Wake and then let's go home. <laughs> Sometimes when you know a lot of people or it's just it has that like nostalgic factor, it's fun to just kind of people watch and mill about. That's true. But as we've said before, we both want fly on the wall syndrome. Yeah. I suffer from that syndrome very much so because... That's why I like having a husband like Ian, which I pretty much require a partner like that, where when we're in social situations, he kind of like takes on the interaction and I just kind of interject when I want to or not at all. And sometimes when we're in social situations, especially if I don't know the people very well, they will occasionally talk to me and I will at first be like surprised that they can even see me. <laughs> How do you know I'm here? <laughs> what made you think you could talk to me? <laughs> or somebody will make a joke or tell a story that's just horrible, as most are. And I will be thinking to myself that I'm so happy that I don't have to say any responsive words to this. 
because I just remained silent, obviously. And then you're like, oh, yeah, crazy. Unreal. <laughs> I really take one for the team consistently all the time. Yeah, but I'm also more comfortable just not being responsive to people if I don't want to. You like to humor people because you're kind of like emotionally dependent in that way, I think. <laughs> oh, it's because my jab. Yeah. I'm financially dependent. So you weren't like this at all before you got the job? Coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Practicing. So um, do you think chapstick is a myth? Because I definitely do. I think you have no idea how amazing it feels to have hydrated lips. You just accept your dry lips as normal. I think you're just addicted to putting it on and like having hyper hydrated lips. Yeah. Which is just like at this point, just you're just chasing the original high. <laughs> Something you like having hydrated lips that you can't stop. You just need that difference in texture on your lips. You don't like sober lips. You need buzzing lips. Sorry, I don't want my lips to be crusty. If they get to the point of crust, then yes, yeah, slap on you know a little bit of stick. Well, slap some on then. There's no crusty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, not crusty lips. If I didn't lose it, I could definitely just have one two-week chapstick for the rest of my life. You don't ever use it. That's what I mean. So why would you even need one too? I'm saying sometimes I use it. Really? Yes. Our perfect little cat gave me a degree test. Hello, Schmell. She's a perfect Schmell. Cindy, anything to add to the podcast? Just a confident silence. She's such a huge chungus now that we have Len. She's going back down on size though, just because Len's Len was growing. so small when we first got her. Picking up Sunday after you're used to picking up Len is really funny because she just feels like a bag of water. <laughs> just a limp noodle. <laughs> She's so sweet. Uh-huh. Sunday always comes out and greets us when Len's in her cage sleeping, like right now. Because <laughs> otherwise, if she comes out prematurely, then she gets chased. Sorry, Sunday. Poor cat. Poor cat. So to all of our wonderful listeners who have made it to the end of the Thanksgiving podcast, have a great Thanksgiving. Be thankful and be full of gratitude. Be present. Don't be gluttonous. And be conscious of what you're doing and why. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a cat, get one. They're so loving. Oh, you got a lot of water on your mouth. Wipe your lips. You wipe your lips. Mom, I want to wipe them. Don't talk about my lips on the podcast, Mom. Thank you.